0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the fourth of five meetups that we're doing this week for the Data on Kubernetes community. As usual, my name is Bart Farrell, and it is a pleasure to be here to, uh, to be here with you today. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to share a link really quickly, just in case you haven't seen in social media. We've been posting very regularly and aggressively. You may or may not have seen some of the videos we've been putting out. Highly recommend you to check those out. Lots of good stuff out there. We're very, very excited about our co-located event that's going to be taking place next week on Monday inside KubeCon. Very, very excited about that. Big shout out to the CNCF for helping us host this event, putting it together. Very excited about the reg numbers as well. Things have been going up, as you may have seen in Twitter. Um, We've got now over 2,500 people who are signed up. Um, so it's looking really good. Uh, we also are going to be adding a couple of, of talks and some special surprises that we got as well too. Um, so very excited about all that. You've got the link in in the in the chat. So if you want to check, take a look at that if you're not signed up, if you're not signed, if you're not assigned, signed up for KubeCon, don't worry, just jump in our slack and contact me and we can get you a link so you'll be able to check that out. We want as many people to be there as possible. For the folks that are already registered for KubeCon, um, our event is 100% free, so you don't have to pay absolutely anything to attend. Um, anyway, it's gonna be really, really big, big day on Monday and then an even bigger week with KubeCon. So anyway, plenty of stuff going on. Our speaker today is Ankit. He's gonna be telling us about what's going on in his company. And let me make sure I'm getting it. Signals, signals, right. signals. good. You know. Signals. all right, cool. I like it, I like it, that sounds good. And you know the thing is, we have a lot of folks that are SREs in our community. And so this is a very relevant topic. we're thinking about observability. We're thinking about monitoring. We're thinking about Prometheus. We're thinking about open telemetry. Um, so very looking forward to hearing what all the stuff that Ankit's going to be sharing with us. As usual, if you have questions, feel free to put them in our chat. Also as well, if we don't have enough time to get to everything today, we can always continue the conversation in Slack. Um, so please keep that open as an option. I will be handling questions as we as we move forward. Um, but now I would like to turn it over to you, Ankit. Um, take it away.
1: Sure. Thank you, Bart. So, hey, folks. I'm Ankit. Uh, I am uh, along with my co-founder Pranay, We are co-founding Signals. Uh, the name uh, is pretty much interesting. So we got uh, we got a mix of like we in in the SRE world. There's a lot of signal and there's a lot of noise. So uh, our purpose is to filter signal from noise. So that's where we came from filtering signal signal from noise into signals
0: Very, very good, clever and nice story, but it's a great point because once again, is it like any startup, you gotta be thinking about what is the problem that we're trying to tackle? And you explained it perfectly.
1: Sure. So let me, uh, share my screen and I will do it. Uh, before doing, and before going to the slides, I would like to share my journey, how I started, uh, for signals and what happened in my life that. Uh, I moved towards this journey towards building opportunity product, right? So uh, before starting Signal, so I had a couple of startups experience earlier uh, in my life. So uh, I, I, I'm a grad from around 2013 batch uh, in India uh, uh, and I was an electrical engineer and posted. I was placed in Citibank and I was uh, working in the banks and I knew how software or so SaaS Solutions were difficult to get uh, installed into a, a systems like bank or a big companies like Microsoft. So uh, I, with my co-founder, we both were working um, in a startups in Bangalore before starting Signals. I was heading a team of 8 to 10 engineers uh, who were, uh, we had around 8 to 10 microservices who were interacting with each other. And uh, me and Pranay usually used to have conversations around what is happening in your startup and why, what is happening in my startup. And I was like, like we were debugging eight to 10 microservices on an everyday level. If some guy from the customer support or from the product managers used to come to us to say, look, this link is failing, this link is slow, this is not working, that is not working. We used to discover in different microservices where the logs are failing and what things are happening. It was very much difficult to find things out, find the actually the needle in the haystack in microservices, like what was the real reason that this service was failing, whether it was this service itself, it was downstream services, or an external call that was being made. So our teams usually used to fight with each other, like my service was working fine, your service is slow, and all those kind of stuff were happening. And so that's when I decided that I was very much interested in this space, like trying to debug systems and find out how things were uh, up and running, and if they are fully functional or not. Like observing a full system of monitors is like what I like doing. Right, and uh, when I was exploring more into the domain and uh, build uh, and was researching more about the open source products uh, in this domain, uh, I, I tr- actually tried all the other OSS options like Prometheus for monitoring, uh, Jaeger for distributed tracing, and uh, even even some parts of the logs. Uh, but we are very much more familiar with the logs because of our past here. I feel like we know logs have been there for decades of life, and tracing is comparatively new. Prometheus is uh, there in the market uh, with that has that is very much cloud native and all, right? So, so let me uh, go to the next slide. Like we will we will we'll like to understand what more is there in observability? Why are there three pillars? What exactly is observability and all, right? So uh, when we try to figure things out what when, when we hear the word observability, it, it we basically try to understand like uh, how is the internal states of the system when we are given an output like we are given external states and we want to find out what was what was the, what was happening inside like what is the current state inside that led me to the given set of outputs. If an analogy in a different context, that would be uh, like, I'm having I'm, I'm, I'm looking sad, like, right. So that's the external output that you're able to observe what what is going inside me that is making me look sad, whether it's it's fever, it's a, a bad job, or it's a failed relationship, what is going on what are the states actually internally inside me, that is observability, right. So so that, that was an analogy from a different domain, but coming back to the domain, we generally try to uh, uh, accompany observability with three uh, terms that is metrics, tracing and logs. And metrics is very much generic like you if you want to have a set of aggregates on any miserable quantity, that becomes a metric like if, even if even in simple terms like if how many breaths did you take today or in the last one hour, that is a metric right? How many steps did you uh, take in the last one hour? That's a metric. Prometheus is a very uh, latest tool in that domain that scrapes the metrics that are exposed on the endpoint that those are called targets. And yeah, can
0: I stop you there really quickly? Just because you're talking about metrics, I think it's a really good point. Is that you know, for example, um, my my partner, um, because of you know diet, exercise, and things like that, has one of those watches. You know where it tells you how many steps you're supposed to be taking per day. And I'm never really 100% sure if that works, but I do think it's interesting to be introducing those kind of metrics into your life. And like you said, for example, you know, like how many breaths you you take for day? I mean, I would have no idea. I mean, <laughs> When you start thinking, you know, like, you know, how many times do you, uh, you know, I don't know, scratch your head, whatever. There's all these tiny things in there, but I think there's a lot of stuff, you know, there's, there's, um, the, the famous saying from Juliet Caesar of Divide and Conquer. Someone else once in an in a analytics company told me that it should be measure and conquer. Um, that if you have that visibility, if you have those if you have those actionable numbers, that's when you can really start to make choices, they're going to have a much bigger impact.
1: Right, right, definitely. So unless you measure something you cannot improve, right? The first step is measuring. Awesome. Yes, yeah, sorry. So yeah, so that was around metrics. So you must measure something for, that, for it to improve so that you can work towards this and improve things, right? So metrics is one sort of thing. So like how many errors are you getting in your APIs for the last five minutes? How many, uh, what is the latency profile? Like How how is your API responding to external outputs? If you are calling an external payment gateway, how much time is it taking? Or is it is it slow or is it down? So such kind of metrics are very useful today. Uh, even business-specific metrics like, how much revenue did you earn the last week? Right? So those all are coming together in terms of metrics. Uh, the next thing that we evolved was around tracing. Uh, a tracing can be thought of as one, uh, tracking a particular request as it comes into your control and going back from there across different services, APIs, databases, queues and everything till the request goes back to the user. It's like t- tracking a complete request. So a request comes to your application, it goes down to service B, then to service C, then to database. And it does a different set sort of processing and goes back to the user. You know what happened in each request, how many events were emitted each request. So Jagger is a very famous open source tool given by Uber uh, that can ingest a lot of spans and they can crunch data and show you individual traces. Like traces is the sum or ch- it's the thing that groups Together the different events that are emitted during a request time lifecycle. Like, so the smallest unit is event or a span, what we tell today, and traces is a logical grouping of those spans under a specific request. So that's tracing in short. So tracing become very much popular in today's microservices architecture. And when things went cloud native, that things are horizontally scalable. So, so now we have different instances of applications running in different parts and different computers, and it becomes very important to trace down the request via the complete path, whether it took instance one, whether it took instance two, and which one was slow, and which was, was hogged by memory, and all those things became very important. The third uh, strongest pillar of observability is via logs. We have been accustomed to look into our logs in our everyday life. Like whenever we try to debug, we go through the logs and see what uh, cycles we went through and where it is stopping, where it is throwing error. So Elastic has been used uh, as a legacy tool for doing free source text and doing some sort of aggregates like crunching data from the logs, regexing and trying to visualize it in Kibana and even today Grafana. Loki uh, is a new product in that area that, uh, that uh, utilizes the structured nature of logs and helps you visualize in Grafana. So uh, logs, when they are not structured, becomes very much difficult and inefficient to, to store in your databases and uh, to query later. right? So with the structured logs, uh, what we mean is that you have key value pairs associated with each log line. Like you have a status code, 2xs, 3xs, 5xs, you have time, or uh, taken, whatever you want to give, like five milliseconds or fifty milliseconds, and you have a application name, you have endpoint name. So all these structured data, when you keep things under structure, it becomes very uh, efficient to store them into your database and helps you query them faster. So these are the logos of the products that are around in the OSS world today regarding the three pillars of observability so i'm going to discuss more about what things are there in prometheus and uh, what uh, things are hard in prometheus so that you have an idea like today if you are going to start prometheus uh, how difficult it is and how is it what things you get out of the box and what things are difficult right so prometheus has been a great tool that has been used uh, today with, that are being used today with uh, kubernetes and all Right, so it, it becomes very friendly with cloud native world. Like for getting started with the small teams, it is very easy. You just install a uh, Prometheus operator or a Helm chart and you get three, four components that are Prometheus like Alert Manager or Server and Promql. You can run Promql Promqu- on those, uh, uh, the queries and you get a lot of uh, power to run uh, expressions like SQLized, SQLish expressions so, so that you can uh, have alerts on top of them, right? So getting the CPU profiles, memory profiles, uh, how much storage is there, network, uh, all the standardized stuff, your infrastructure, and some of the applications like databases is pretty much straightforward in Prometheus. Like you just need to have an exporter uh, that will expose these metrics to an endpoint and Prometheus will scrape that endpoint at a particular interval of time. Prometheus has very powerful alert, alerting. Uh, I think it is one of the pioneers in the industry where uh, we can write alert as code and we can have free uh, PromQL expressions inside code. So that is very powerful. We can, we can group by any uh, key value pairs and see the aggregations running, right? That's very powerful. So Prometheus is a very much efficient when it comes to uh, storage on disk. And Prometheus is very large efficient in terms of small-scale usages. Right? So when I tried to use Prometheus to uh, handle like, uh, like 200, 300 uh, data points in a time, time series data, it became uh, a bit difficult to manage the data points. Like Prometheus by default is not horizontally scalable. You need to add more of uh, uh, vertical capacity like CPU usage or storage or RAM to handle, to, to be able to more uh, Scrape those endpoints or the targets. okay? And by default, the application metrics are not there in Prometheus. A few of the basic exporters are there for some of the applications, but the deeper application insights like you would get in Datadog or New Relic, uh, like latency breakdown and deeper applications, application insights, is not there in Prometheus yet. Uh, for you to be able to store something like uh, an year or 18 months of data uh, of the metrics data, you need to set up something like thanos or cortex at the back to uh, handle that uh, horizontal scalability of the data and to store uh, at the back into a Cassandra or Elasticsearch engine. And once you have the metrics, so that is not all that you can do to debug your systems. Now you know with metrics that 30% 30% of your request is slow or 30% of your requests are showing you errors. You know that there is something going bad, right? The next step would be to find out what exactly is going bad. And Prometheus is not meant to debug into those levels. Like what can go wrong, right? Prometheus just gives you an idea that something is wrong. Now you have to look into it. Okay. So I'm going to discuss the hard things and how I made it possible. I was using Prometheus for some time and I started to, find, to get the application matrix. Like I wanted to make it possible for Prometheus to give detailed insights into applications. So I tried building a custom library that could be put inside an application and that would export Prometheus metrics about the application latencies and whatever application metrics we want. And we should be able to visualize them in Grafana. Yeah, so I built that library and that, that actually is pretty much difficult to make. And you need to maintain that library with different versions of different dependencies. So, so that was uh, pretty much difficult to do it. But, uh, but I would like to give you a shot at uh, what kind of things that we can achieve there and what, but it was difficult. Like, so the error percentage, the uh, the request per second by status code, like how many two x's, five x's are coming. Uh, what is the overall uh, p50th uh, profile, p98th profile, 99th profile of your request, like, how how is the 99th percent of of your users seeing your latency in your application, right? And by different endpoints, like your application has different five, six or 10 endpoints and how are the individual endpoints performing? So these kind of metrics, I was able to get using Prometheus, uh, but using the client library that I put in place, right? So these are the similar metrics, like uh, in detail, you get the breakdown of applications. Let me slide it down. Right. So here, uh, this application is using Redis and Mongo, and this is an application logic. So we want to split like how much time is the Redis taking and how much time is uh, Mongo taking in this application. So that was a rough split that I was able to make out and by individual endpoint, like how things are going. Uh, As I said, it was using Mongo and Redis. uh, So the app, how much, uh, RPS is the Mongo getting from that, that specific application and how overall is the latency that uh, your application is facing due to Mongo, Mongo database, right? And similar for Redis. So you should be able to understand if your application is slow, you want to look down into these profiles and see whether uh, your application logic is slow or uh, you're calling Mongo, which is uh, a slow query or Redis is slow, right? And similar thing for external external calls. So imagine you are an app. You have an application. You are an application owner, and you are calling external payment gateways or external uh, bank or any other APIs that are that are being slow or that are responding with an error, right? So you should be able to figure it out. Like like I said, uh, your application is also dependent on different other services, also like service one is dependent on service two, three, and four, and how they are responding. So service one owner should be able to figure out whether, uh, it is my application which is actually slow or my downstream services are slow, right? So this is the dashboard that I built to understand like uh, uh, what is the status code of the external calls that my application is making? Uh, what is the average duration? What is the duration by individual addresses that my application is calling? Like my application is calling card service, user service and external PayPal service. So what is the overall duration uh, uh, time taken there and how many RPS are we serving there. So I have noted this all down and I have put up a blog. Uh, you should be able to see all those uh, experiments with Prometheus metrics in that blog. So now that that was the first problem in Prometheus, like how do I get the deep application metrics that we have? The next problem with Prometheus is how to make it horizontally scalable using uh, using Cortex or, or Thanos, right? So I tried Cortex to have a complete picture of how to store metrics for, uh, let's say, a million times series data. Right? So, a Cortex is uh, I, I found cor- running Cortex pretty much complex. Right, it was not easy to run such a system inside in your in uh, such an architecture in your infrastructure. Like, it has uh, uh, distributors, ingestors. Ingestors keep the data in their memory for a long chunk of time, like six hours, and before they um, pass them and write into a database like uh, Bigtable or Cassandra. They have a table manager, it has console for discovery of different distributors or ingesters. Uh, and these are all our horizontally scalable independent components. and we have memcache for caching and all. We have a query service, we have a query frontend. So everything of this is very much uh, it's, it's scalable, but it, it is a bit pain to handle uh, when there is a spike of load in, into your ingester and, and Cassandra so the next thing that we could not figure out in from using prometheus was doing the root cause analysis right so we know something was turning bad in prometheus but how to take that forward and uh, go to uh, finding the exact cause of the problem like i would say well, this is a sample example of uh, uber architecture where an individual request comes and goes through multiple services and or multiple instances of machines before it gets back to the user. Like, so this was the era of distributed tracing. Like now we need where each and every request is going and how how the individual components are performing, right? So distributed tracing, what distributed tracing did was whenever a request goes from one application to another, we add some sort of events so that we are able to analyze that later. when the request went from service A to service B, we add a few events so that we should be able to figure out later that how much time did this service take, how much time was the connection uh, between these services taking, and if this is database, what sort of queries or which database queries was uh, being run. right? So with distributed tracing, uh, we have the capacity to know which instance is down, like which services are not working. If we have proper tagging into the deployment that that can do today in Kubernetes, like uh, if I'm deploying into Kubernetes, I can have a tag to the deployed version. So if we are properly doing that, we should be able to figure out which, which which deployment version is failing and giving you more errors. Was it earlier one or the new release one? Right. So all this became very important due to rising in the number of microservices that are using today. And the systems are becoming more and more horizontally scalable. Right. So when we have, when we want, when, when we want to scale service A, we just spin up more instances of service A, whether it is in uh, one instance or different instances. Right. So there, there are a few. Uh, uh, Things or patterns you'd like to watch out when it came to when it comes to distributed tracing, like uh, if there is an error in any event, it should be you should be able to figure that out. Like there should be a marker or there is a flag called error is called to true, where you should be able to figure out that there is an error in the event. Uh, Like. If you are seeing some graphs like this, like this is the event one that took this much time and this is a second event, the next set of events. Now you know, since this work B is taking most of the time in your uh, request, you should be able to prioritize or optimize uh, that path that is the longest event in the critical path. This is the next set of uh, uh, pattern that you can observe when uh, the events are thrown so this is uh, one event this is another event though all these events are being fired sequentially like when this event has ended this is the next set sort of event that has started so when this has ended the next set sort of event has started so this this gives you an example like whenever the first event is ending then the next event is starting so things are going sequentially So you should be able to look down into the architecture and should you should be able to figure out whether that is by design or that is happening uh, unknowingly. Like there might be an ORM layer which might be handling a set of queries in a way that they are processed sequentially rather than parallelly. So you might want to look into that to to make it more faster. There's another pattern that you must be looking into like uh, all the events or the spans are ending at the same time right? So this might look very that like what is happening, suddenly that all the events are ending, so that this might be uh, <clears> some sort of timeout uh, that might be happening at the end of, let's say, a request pool in between going to the MySQL, like all the requests are, uh, are pooling before going to the MySQL, and they are not able to execute and all are timing at the same time, timeout, out at the same time, right? So you should be wary and you should be looking into such uh, patterns, patterns deeply to understand more about, how you can optimize and improve your systems. So when when we, I worked with Jaeger, uh, there was a huge amount of distributed tracing data was there and you were able to look into the patterns a bit. But we felt a few things lacking in Jaeger. The UI of Jaeger is minimal. You, I mean, we can have a lot of features based on the distributed tracer data. Distributed tracer's data had a lot of tags which are underutilized right now. We just we, we can be able to filter that out, but that too is not uh, uh, I would say 100 efficient, right? So nothing is 100 percent efficient, but less efficient there, right? So uh, with signals we tried to uh, give you the power where you should be able to run aggregates on filtered traces. Like for an example, uh, there's an event which is which is emitted and which has a tag or annotation like this event was emitted for a customer type let's say gold right and you want to prioritize your uh, your alerting and uptime based on the different customer types like customer type gold silver bronze free plan or platinum customers right so you should be able to run some aggregates on the distributed tracing data to figure out metrics around the customer type gold so those sort of, and even for uh, payment channels, like if you are using an external payment channel like PayPal and others, you should be able to figure out whether the payment channel of PayPal is failing or not, right? So these can be, with signals, we empowered uh, users to run such sort of aggregate queries uh, on aggregating on the uh, annotations or tags of the, of the distributed tracing data. And with Jaeger, with we were not able to see the exact spans of the uh, after filtering using the tags data and annotations. We were able to uh, see the complete trace, which had a list of, let's say, 100 or uh, thousands of spans, but we are not able to look into spans or events directly. So, uh, apart from that, I felt that distributed tracing data has a lot of uh, power which is not harnessed we cannot even set alerts on the distributed tracing data within jaeger right so that is a feature that is uh, that i miss a lot apart from that the uh, enterprise features like you, they should you should be able to handle multi tenancy and there should be role based access control for different users so that the users do not uh, tamper the data uh, that the each team is able to handle so those sort of enterprise features uh, need to, needs to be built in this area so Overall, the uh, correlation between metrics and traces is, is still uh, not uh, harnessed with these independent tools for metrics and traces, and that's where we felt the gap is. Alright, so eventually, I tried to build a complete uh, metrics plus traces system using open source tools like Prometheus, Jaeger, uh, Open Telemetry, and uh, building my own front end that can combine both the backends right so this is the sample architecture that i was able to pull it up like this this, this is a client uh, infrastructure where applications are running and each application has a client library uh that was given by open telemetry and they are sending data to open telemetry collector like this is the story of each and every host or machine or node that you call and there's that open telemetry collector data is sending data to via proxy, to Jaeger collector and Prometheus server. So these are single tenant and they need to run for each and every tenant that we have in our architecture. So the, we run it for different tenants, so it has to be replicated and they send data to Kafka. Kafka sends data to Jaeger Ingestor, then Jaeger Ingestor sends data to Cassandra. For the metrics pipeline, this is a traces pipeline like Jaeger sending data to Kafka, to Jaeger ingestor to Cassandra, and then to Jaeger query. Uh, the the metrics pipeline looks like this OpenTelemetry dis- sending data to Prometheus server. Then it Prometheus has a remote uh, write URL uh, that can be configured to send data to Cortex. So Cortex has the big architecture that we saw that was running, like distributor ingestors, memcache, and all. And it was writing data to Cassandra. Now Cortex has its own query, which can be used. And we build our own front-end in React.js that uh, using the APIs of Jaeger for tracing data and Cortex for metrics data, we should, we were trying to combine uh, the experience of metrics and traces there together. And we found running this architecture to be a bit difficult. And they were independent, actually they were independent pipelines for data, uh, for metrics and for traces. and even the queries were different, and they they were uh, queried as a different set sort of queries in the front end. So this data, uh, this uh, complete architecture was becoming very difficult to manage, and the pipelines for metrics and traces were different, for were uh, independent of each other. So right. that's uh, one of the reasons why we build Signals. Uh, uh, we try, we want to combine metrics and traces into a single pane. Like we should not uh, like to see that. Metrics is an independent data pipeline. Traces are different independent data pipeline and logs are different. We want to combine metrics and traces and logs everything into a single pane. We do not have logs now. We uh, want open telemetry uh, system to mature more in logs so that we should be able to incorporate it into our systems. Uh, We have powerful trace filtering and aggregation capabilities uh, that we can uh, run filters and aggregates over a set of attributes or uh, tags in trace data. we have very uh, scalable stream processing architecture. We use uh, Kafka and Druid, and uh, we do stream processing that we get after we get data into Kafka. Or we try to flatten and ingest that data into Druid. So this architecture is very much scalable and is uh, very much used in many of the enterprises out there today to handle the huge amount of scale that they are seeing. Right. So. With today's tools, the their metrics, traces, and logs are independent data pipelines. Uh, we take a lot of time to set things up for metrics and traces. And uh, on the other hand, we have Datadog where everything is combined, metric traces and logs. And we get out-of-the-box features and dashboards. So we saw there was a huge gap. Still, There, there, there can be a product which uh, can fill this gap that it take. One and a half to two months of setup from each is in Jagger versus uh, in minutes, you can see things in ARDoc. So, we are trying to bridge that gap into uh, using an open source approach. Like, uh, we want to give uh, out of box features like SaaS uh, to open source users that requires minimal uh, development efforts. Like, you should not be wasting one and a half to two months of your time. You should be able to run it easily. The another problem with OSS is that it becomes very difficult to run at a scale. And we have kept in mind the scale and we are building that. And we, uh, though it might seem difficult to start on day one, but when it comes to reaches to a scale like a million events per second, we should be able to handle that well. And we should be uh, continuously making efforts towards making OSS more uh, user-friendly and more friendly in terms of operating it and maintaining it. So uh, our dashboard provides a very easy way to set up retention policies, like how much days or months you want to retain your data. Uh, We did a cost benchmark where uh, the tracing data that we were storing in signals was 10 times cheaper than Datadog. And uh, we are completely open source. You can so you can go back uh, into the code base. You can uh, plug in your own enhancements over it so that it can suit your business needs. And that you can control the data. So the data is always in your infrastructure. So there is no uh, concerns around privacy, security, GDPR, or the different regulations that you see today. Right? Uh, if you don't know open telemetry, uh, open telemetry is a vendor-neutral instrumentation framework uh, that. Uh, gives you the leverage to uh, instrument using OpenTelemetry, and there can be different exporters. Uh, and using those exporters, you can convert the data into the vendor's format. Like OpenTelemetry has a standardized the way uh, to to write telemetry about your code. Right, and we fully support OpenTelemetry. Our instrumentation documents are, are based on OpenTelemetry also. So we will also be building an open source anomaly detection framework that, that I'm very excited about. And that should be able to give you some sort of trend analysis and uh, uh, detect, you should be able to detect uh, 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 some sort of uh, predictive uh, errors or anomalies that can happen in your system. And we should be able to pro- support enterprises with ABEC and single sign-on and all those sort of enterprise features that should be, uh, we should be able to make them work. right? So uh, we we came up with this architecture of signals where uh, we have a few different components. Like uh, in this in the earlier architecture also, there there were different applications that the clients are running in their infra. They're sending data to Open Telemetry Collector. So uh, here we instrument using Open Telemetry libraries in the applications, and they are sending data to Open Telemetry Collector. The Open Telemetry Collector has an exporter that writes data to Kafka, and this is the topic that we write data in, uh, into. And we do some sort of a string processing using a library in Go called Goka. So this uh, library, uh, we try to flatten the data to be ingested uh, into Druid. So we try to flatten and write into another topic or flattened spans. And uh, we try to generate some other metadata that might be useful for querying uh, Druid. All right. So this is super extensible and you, can, you should be able to write some other custom processors that can extract more data from the tracer and you should be visualized uh into the UI that should be customizable in some time. And uh Druid uh, is an analytical database. We choose Druid because we wanted to uh run some sort of aggregates on the events that we have. And Druid has proven its a scale in companies like Lyft, Airbnb, and also uh Druid ingests data from Kafka topic in real time and uh for, for long-term storage or deep storage, it uses S3, which is also very much efficient in terms of performance. Uh, we have a Go service that queries data from grid and gives it to the front end uh, for visualization. And the front end is written in Interactive. So in total, we have the components that we Signals have is open telemetry collector to collect the data from applications. We have Kafka and stream processors. We have Apache Druid, we have Query Service and the front end in React.js. So this is the complete architecture. You need to install signals to be able to collect data from open telemetry applications. And after collecting, you should be it processes the data, it stores the data and it helps you visualize the data. So now it's time for some demo for signals. I'd love to show you what we're building and how we can benefit it today. So I've set up a local environment where uh, I'll try to show you how to debug systems and uh, how the dashboard looks like. So this is is a sample application given by Uber that is hot rod example, like ride on demand service where you click on a few buttons and uh, a a cab comes to you or the wait times of the drivers come, uh, shows you on the screen, like it will take two minutes for the cab to arrive or something like that. On the backend, it goes to multiple services like customer service, driver service, route service to figure out what should be the route, what, what which is the driver uh, driver service. Driver service talks to Redis, customer service talks to MySQL and all. So this is sample service provided and we instrumented it uh, and we are trying to visualize the data using signals. So this is a dashboard. Uh, we have P99 profiles, the error rates and the RPS request per second that these applications are receiving. Uh, when we go drip, uh, drill down into the applications, uh, we see we see the P99, P90, and P50 uh, latency profiles of these applications, this application, the RPS that this application is handling, the error per second, and the top endpoints. So if there can be multiple endpoints and you want to f- figure out which endpoint is particularly slow, how which endpoint is the most used one by the number of calls, so you should be able to profile them out, right? So we have one external calls tab where we're trying to build something very similar. I showed you in Prometheus, like if you are having external call to different downstream services or payment gateways or different uh, external services, you should be able to figure that out here. Like if, if external calls are breaking up, they are taking more time or they are uh, throwing errors, you should be able to figure that out. Now you should, uh, when you, we choose a time frame of six hours, we might find some spikes in the profiles. Here, So let's say it's, uh, it, it is taking 1,710 milliseconds. So uh, 1. 1.7 seconds is the time taken during this time. And we want to switch to traces. Now we want to drill down ripple what happened during that time. Now we chose to uh, go down into that trace data and see how things are going out. Like this is the set of all the events that you are observing that happened during that uh, time interval. Now you saw that things are taking more than 1700 milliseconds. So I'm trying to filter out all the events that are taking more than 1500 milliseconds and we'll try to figure out what happened there. So this is the one event that was taking 1700 milliseconds, uh, this endpoint. And we want to look into the complete trace uh, like trace is a set of events. What happened in that request that it took that much amount of time. So here we see, this is a flame graph and we see this is the front-end service that called and this is the name of the event that was emitted. So front-end service-emitted dispatch event, it took overall 1700 milliseconds. Uh, when going down, the front-end service calls the customer service, the customer service again calls a MySQL service and the MySQL query, you can see it here. Uh, you can see that the MySQL event took 1286 milliseconds. So roughly from 700 milliseconds, 1300 milliseconds was taken by MySQL. So you might go down to figure that thing out in MySQL, right? Again, on, the, on a parallel note, front-end service was calling driver service and driver service on the other hand was calling different. was trying to pull Redis to get information about the driver details, right? So, so here it is doing multiple Redis calls and to get the driver information. So you should be able to figure out the time taking and how the overall pattern of the request or the events emitted will tell you whether things are going sequentially or parallel. So these these sort of details you should be able to figure out. Right? So on the other hand, uh, like I said, right, there, there is powerful custom uh, aggregation capabilities that we can uh, do, right? So uh, I'll give you a demo on that. Like we choose a front-end service. The front-end service has uh, is doing an external call to downstream service with, I, I think it is uh, the customer service or the route service. And so here we filter the tag or the annotation, like it is doing uh, URL is that it is calling an external URL and the value here is 0000 host and port is 8081. So that might, I think is the um, customer service. So now, when we apply that this filter, we get all the events that are uh, emitted that satisfy this criteria. Like it, it is calling the external service. Now, this graph that is being generated is based on the filtering criteria. So, all the events, so we have the list of events. Now, we don't know which events to look into, which events to optimize, or which events to drill down deeper. Right now, we see the P99 profile of such requests, right? All the traces, and we try to draw the P99 profile. And we see like nine seventy nine seconds, uh, some of the requests took one second. So you should be able to figure out drill down by let's say 900 milliseconds, uh, all the requests that are taking more than 900 milliseconds and you should be uh, seeing all those events here. And if you want to optimize, you can go go back here and try to figure out what went right, what went wrong. Right. So that's uh, uh, the power we're talking about. Like we should be able to harness distributed tracing data more. Uh, this is a service service map that is coming soon. You should have the list of all the services here, like service A is talking to service B, service B is talking to service C, all plotted out here with the color annotating you know, the health of the service, like green color means the service is healthy, red means service is throwing error or is becoming very slow and all, right. We have some sort of user explorer where you should be able to figure out uh, how much data is, uh, are you crunching or h- how much data are you receiving. So this gives you an hourly response, uh, hourly uh, data count, and you should be able to tune up or down your capacity planning or uh, the number of events that you're emitting. Right. So this is the brief about uh, what we're building in signals, and we should add new more cool features here. So coming back to uh, where we were, we had sample demo of signals and uh, what are all the steps that are needed to get that dashboard. So all that we need to do to achieve that state is first install signals. Here are the installation instructions. You just need to go to the repository, deploy folder, and run a command install.sh this installs all the docker uh, component if there is no docker and docker compose it installs that uh, we have open telemetry collector and all the individual components that signals needs everything gets installed with this simple one line command now your backend to consume collect process and analyze data is ready
0: mm.
1: now you have you need to have an application which you need to instrument by open telemetry to send data of signals that, let's suppose you have a Java application, you need to download the OpenTelemetry jar that uh, they have provided so that it can start exporting such kind of data. Now, once you have downloaded the jar, uh, you need to run your Java application using this command. The, this is the environment variable where it shows where signals is running. This is the IP of the signals. You need to give the name of the service that you want to give to, uh, so in your backend in signals, now, and you have to give the path of this downloaded jar and the path of your application jar. That's all. This is a run command that you need to run to see data in Signals completely. You can add your custom events and spans using the Open Telemetry SDKs. So they are doing a great job there uh, to standardize all the instrumentation. Right. So this is some of the C N C of survey report like how many people are using prom- uh, monitoring, logging, and tracing solutions and uh, how many of them are running in-house. So it, it was quite interesting to me to know, like uh, tracing, uh, 74% of people are using tracing today. 95% of people are using uh, monitoring and login solutions. And a quite large chunk of them is uh, running that, that on their own premises. Like if you are running monitoring, so 60% of people are using uh, running that on-premise. Right, and what percent are using running that on remote service? So here, a lot, large chunk of people or the companies are running these op- observability solutions in house. Uh, one of the reasons is uh, data privacy and compliance uh, related issues, and the next important factor is I think is Kubernetes that allows uh, running uh, services and scaling services and data managing data in Kubernetes is very much easy as compared to in a non-Kubernetes world. So Kubernetes is making running softwares in-house easy. So to why do you want to self-host in 21st century and why are we building open source at all? So we got a lot of benefits of running open source tools. Like we are able to see the code. We are able to generate a lot of trust. We have flexibility of configuration like Test people want to be in control of the configuration that people are running. They have their own tool, right? So they want to be in control of the tools. So they, it, it, now since the code is open source, they can build their business-specific modules on top of those versus products to suit their own custom requirements. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You just need to pay for your compute resources and storage. You don't need to send data outside, right? right? So you don't need... So come ideally in a SaaS company, one-fifth of the uh, cost of the company is given to comp- or to con- given to tech and infrastructure cost and the resources right so you save definitely save the four fifth part of the bill that you pay to SaaS. Uh, you have to manage the data in house that's the only disadvantage of using Voices and we are uh, we will be working forward towards making it more usable and less maintenance uh, work for people hosting in house now, since we are uh, using OpenTelemetry, you won't you won't be vendor logged in into any of the libraries provided by the vendors. You just use a standard OpenTelemetry library and signals as the default go to backend to visualize the data and it is open source, right? You have control of your data and you have better data governance. Like you can have our policies and everything. You don't need to send data outside of, of the outside of your network boundary. Uh, so you need, don't need to be very much compliant with different regular uh, uh, which regulations and institutions like it is very much important for healthcare and fintech industries uh, to abide by Right. so thank you for being a, a, a wonderful virtual audience i am always reachable uh, at AnkitaSignas.io on twitter and on
0: linkedin very very good presentation um, <laughs> you can tell that you've done your homework there's no doubt about that. I'm curious though, All right, Cause you're, you're, you're a growing team. You mentioned that you're hiring, just everybody knows you're hiring. Uh, what have been the challenges of, of, of uh, that you've been facing in terms of, you know, we only have so many hours in the day. It's primarily been you a co-founder and I understand two other folks as well. Um, what have been the, what have been the challenges in building all this um, along the process?
1: So uh, we are trying to incorporate more and more contributors towards it so that we get a couple of hands to uh, to maintain the project and all. So we try to be very much uh, focused towards, uh, uh, for, for, for everyone, so ob- observability is the, is the right of every developer and every DevOps team, right? They should be, they should be able to have insights into their application, right? So we are trying to make it more and more uh, easier for those folks to adopt us. And for that, uh, some people have told that they are uh, finding Kafka as heavy alternative to run today. So we are trying to figure out other uh, plugin services that might make it very easy for them to run today.
0: Okay. And with that in mind, can you give any examples of maybe some feedback that you've got from users that have been using signals that have said, hey, uh, you know, maybe you could think about this or has, has there been anything that's come along the way where folks have been able to contribute and have an impact?
1: Right, sure. So people are very much excited about uh, the external API feature that we're talking about. So we have been talking about for two months, but we're not building, we want to just check the temperament of the users, whether they are willing enough for us to build it right. So at this stage, we have to prioritize the features, uh, how we are going to go down about it, right. So we are building, so, so that's external API monitoring is one of the very interesting features that we got from customers. They are also excited about the anomaly detection platform that we talked about and the service map that they're building. So that's one of the interest criteria there.
0: Okay, um, got a question from somebody. Um, what language, what, which language do you run queries in Signals?
1: So uh, the queries we uh, we the, we have a layer in GoLang that is the query service layer. So we convert we we internally query data from Go to uh, Druid. The Druid has an API that is compatible with SQLish query language. So we query our data from our query language in GoLang that queries to Druid and sends data to our frontend.
0: Okay. So, and then another question about um about here well a different question about about filtering. So how granular does your filtering get? Can you silence specific notifications for a certain amount of time? And can you for example group various alerts into a single notification?
1: All right. So so as I said right uh, alerting is right now today not there in the uh, Code base, but we will be having it very soon, like within a month or so. So, the impo- the, that's what I said earlier. Like, I like very much powerful alerting in Prometheus. Like, right. So, we, we we will be trying to fork the repository or the alert manager of Prometheus, and we try to replace the prompt queries from Prometheus to Druid queries that we can uh, run for the Druid. So, all the features of Prometheus, the powerful features are. Uh, of running or ag- running aggregates, grouping, silencing, notifications, and everything will be there uh, in Signals also. And those are very important features. A very good question. I like that.
0: Okay, good. Um, and let's see another one. Okay, so how do you get around the sometimes that it's difficult sometimes to manage and read YAML files that you have to write for Alert Manager? Right. So, so, that's not. So, we we
1: are currently build, we will bidding on that YAML files that how Prometheus runs. So, we'll uh, we'll explore more on what better alternatives are there or people are favoring. Or so we are open source. So, we work on adoption. Whatever people want or they want to adopt, we'll be working on that.
0: Okay, good. Um, and let's see. If you could live, this is a good one. Um, if you could live, if you could only live with one alerting channel integration, a place to receive your alerts which one would it be? Slack, email, PagerDuty? What do you think?
1: For me, it would be Slack. So I love Slack. So I'm already full-time into Slack. And uh, I have already a, a lot of alerts set up in Slack. But uh, folks, uh, for the enterprise, big enterprise use cases, PagerDuty seems to be doing a very good job there. And uh, the, I, I, don't, I don't think there's an option for PagerDuty today. So to start with, we can use Slack and eventually we'll have to move to PagerDuty if we want to have very much uh, good systems around alerting and notifying the uh, SRE or the on-call person to debug the systems.
0: And what do you think, what are the disadvantages? What are the things that you like about Slack that PagerDuty are like, man, that's not so sure. So, so
1: for the Slack, uh, I love uh, uh, the chat parts and sharing part of Slack, right? So that's, that's one of the features that I like. And... Slack has a very good uh, interface uh, around uh, discussing and sharing with people. We, we can, we, it supports complete markdown and we can share it with different people, right? So, lag, like, uh, I like Slack a lot around that.
0: Yeah, and to continue that with alerts, like how easy is it to mess up alerting? Like to, is it easy to misconfigure alerts that you might think are useful and that you might set it the same for different clusters that's probably not the best approach in every case?
1: So uh, alerts have to be con- uh, to be, uh, must be configured very much cautiously. Otherwise, it might go to different or wrong persons with the wrong title and labels and debugging instructions. Right? So uh, the alerts have to be there. And you have to test those alerts also. Right? So, so that's why uh, alert as code is one of the very important features that Prometheus gave, that it has to be versioned and saved in the Git repo so that you can review it later, whether it was correct or not. So that is one of the very important steps in uh, managing your alerts in first-hand.
0: Very, very good, perfect. It gives you
1: accountability, right?
0: Yeah, like you said, that, which is key because, because that's the thing is that you don't want to be alerted about things that actually aren't important or things like that. And particularly when it's a weekend or late at night as everyone in DevOps teams knows very, very well. Um anyway Ankit that's uh all the time we're going to have for today but thank you very very much I shared on Twitter the amazing Prometheus blogs that you wrote and what's interesting as well too is that you wrote those like over a year ago right Right, right, right. But it's interesting to see that they're still relevant despite you know updates and changes and things like that that may have happened between now and then. Um, but it's it's uh, it's powerful to see that you are really onto something there. So like I said, I put that in Twitter. Um, and for folks that arrived late, we'll have the recording up for this quite soon, so you won't have to wait too long. Um, in the meantime, uh, Ankit, stay safe. We send all of our love and support to everyone in India while you're going through this difficult time. Um, sending you lots of positive energy. Um, we, I think we're going to have to have a panel at some point about observability because we've had a couple other talks from different folks in our community. Um, and it sounds like a strong enough topic that there would definitely be interest. Um, so when we do that, we'll definitely keep you in mind. All right. Cool. Well man. All right. You, me. My all pleasure. Well. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye.